This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, December 3rd. Coming up, school libraries in Kansas City are facing increasing complaints about books on race and LGBTQ issues. What you see is people unsure if their values are being transmitted to the next generation. And perhaps we can make sure that they are transmitted if we don't have students read these books. We'll see how that's connected to a rise in conservative activism from parents. Plus, if you're in the market for a live Christmas tree this year, you better make plans soon. The seasonal surge of tree farm customers has been arriving earlier than usual. But first, some headlines. Masks will be required in Kansas City school buildings and school buses for at least another month to give children more time to get their COVID-19 vaccines. The city council voted 9-1 to yesterday to extend the existing mask mandate through at least January 1st. Mayor Quinton Lucas said he had spoken with a number of local school districts ahead of the decision. This is just to help our school districts, our school buildings and facilities get through the last several weeks of this semester with the mask rule as recommended from our health department. The mandate is set to expire while the city council is off for the holidays. Missouri could be the 19th state to make it legal for adults to possess, purchase, or grow marijuana. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on what's known as the Legal Missouri 2022 initiative. The proposed ballot item would legalize marijuana for people who are 21 and older. It would also institute a 6% tax on the drug that would go to veterans' health care, drug treatment programs, and the public defender system. Some state elected officials, including Governor Mike Parson, would prefer that the legislature craft a program around legal marijuana instead of going through a ballot initiative. But John Payne of Legal Missouri 2022 says that's not likely to happen. Proponents will need to collect enough signatures in six out of eight congressional districts to get marijuana legalization on next year's ballot. Now, we'll bring you a story that I reported for KCUR. In recent months, school districts across the Kansas City area have received complaints about school library books featuring content relating to LGBTQ issues and race. Attempts to ban books in schools aren't new. But lately, the complaints have been driven by a rise in conservative activism from parents. It's a Monday night in late November, the most recent school board meeting of the North Kansas City District. And the entire public comment section has been taken up by students here to protest the removal of two books from school libraries. Three days earlier, the district had announced the books would be put back on shelves. But that didn't stop 16-year-old Aurora Nickel from speaking. She helped put together a petition against the removal of the books. Choosing to pull reality out of curriculum and out of our libraries won't create good citizens. We cannot feel as if we belong here when our voices are silenced. The two books in question were memoirs written by LGBTQ authors, All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson and Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. They were removed for reconsideration because of a complaint from Jay Richmond, president of conservative nonprofit the Northland Parent Association. The group wouldn't talk to KCUR for this story, but Richmond did discuss his views on KCMO talk radio. Parents absolutely need to stand up and get involved and take back their kids' education. That is the long-term play, and that is what we will focus on for sure. 
Issues like masks and critical race theory have spurred more conservative activism against school boards across the country. And books are just the latest issue, facing challenges in Texas, Iowa, Virginia, and other states. It's often the same books that are challenged, like The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison or Crank by Ellen Hopkins, because they mention sex and violence and drugs. The American Library Association says the number of challenges, attempts to remove library books, was 67% higher in September 2021 than in September 2020. Deborah Caldwell-Stone leads the association's Office of Intellectual Freedom. She says lately, challenges have been more organized and schools have felt pressure to respond immediately. The moral panic that we're seeing has created an extraordinary environment for responding very quickly. Many of the books that are being challenged these days have been on library shelves for years without comment. One group behind these challenges is No Left Turn in Education, a nonprofit that's published lists of books online, encouraged parents to demand their removal, and provided guides on how to contact school boards. Andy Wells is the volunteer president of the Missouri chapter. Like the Northland Parent Association, Wells thinks books like Fun Home and The Bluest Eye fall under the state's definition of pornography, so they shouldn't be in schools. That's not their lane to teach my children about sexuality. That's my job. That is a parent's job. It's during times of social turmoil, like right now, during a pandemic and a major racial justice movement, that people try to take control over local institutions like school boards, says Emily Knox. She's a professor at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, who's interviewed people all over the political spectrum who want to ban books. What you see is people unsure if their values are being transmitted to the next generation and Perhaps we can make sure that they are transmitted if we don't have students read these books. Knox says libraries are not arbiters of what's good or true or pornographic. Instead, they're places where people can find information, whether they agree with it or not. 17-year-old Holland Dugan is one of the students who organized the petition in North Kansas City. He says All Boys Aren't Blue does have scenes of sex and sexual assault, but they made him feel less alone as a transgender boy and a survivor of assault. Those are situations that teenagers may face, and giving us the education and the tools to deal with those um, situations properly is really important. For Dugan, these books might deal with hard subjects, but they're a reflection of his reality and the reality of so many of his peers. Coming up, the new Christmas time challenges facing a 100-year-old family farm in Platte City, Missouri. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This is Kansas City Today. UMB Private Wealth Management, a division of UMB Bank, takes the time to understand your history, goals, and priorities. UMB tailors financial planning services and resources to help you accumulate, preserve, and protect your wealth for whatever life throws your way. It's all about establishing a customized plan for you so you can focus on the important parts of life, like spending time with family and friends, pursuing your passions, or building a career. Feel confident about your future at UMB Private Wealth Management. Everything we do starts with you. Learn more at umb.com slash wealth hyphen management. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Folk Farm has been owned by the same Missouri family since 1889, and it sold Christmas trees since the early 1990s. 
KCUR's Luke Martin reports this farm and others in the region are facing some new holiday challenges. Two sounds stand out at the Folk family's live Christmas tree farm. First, the rumble of the tree shaker dislodging dead needles. Yep. Then, what Stephen Hay calls his spiel. We have exclusive rights to Queen Elizabeth's personal Christmas tree farm at Balmore Castle in Scotland. They don't even use regular water, they use Perrier. (laughs) Hay is married into the family and has given variations of this fantastical speech for nearly 30 years, since they started selling trees, always starting the day after Thanksgiving. Just off Missouri Route 92, between Platte City and Weston, Folk Farms has been in the family for six generations. But the last two years stand out. Demand has gone a little haywire. Friday morning was a zoo. There was people and cars everywhere. That's Brian Folk, who manages the farm with his dad, Dennis. It always seemed like the first weekend of December was always our biggest weekend, but now it's become Thanksgiving weekend. Last year, we only made it two weekends before we were sold out. The shift was more pronounced last year. Brian suspects because people were desperate for cheer after weathering months of COVID lockdown. But the surge meant the best trees sold quick, and customers who waited didn't have as many options. When they come out here a week before Christmas, and the selection's not very good because it's been picked over, then next year they decide we're coming right after Thanksgiving, and then it just feeds on itself. Like most places around here, the folks had to pare back their selection of pre-cut trees. That's partly due to bad weather around the country, and the National Christmas Tree Association says fewer trees were planted in years past. So the farm pays more for the pre-cut trees they order in, and customers pay more to take them home. The folks, though, still had pre-cut trees available after Thanksgiving weekend. More than can be said for a lot of outfits. Phil Wegman is president of the Kansas Christmas Tree Growers Association. He says live tree distributors drove a hard bargain. They said, number one, we will take on no new customers. Number two, we won't sell you any more trees than you were able to order in the past. And number three, the price is going to be more expensive. And you might even want to consider trying to arrange your own trucking because that's difficult for us to do as well. Wegman owns Midland Holiday Pines in Shawnee, Kansas, with his wife Judy. The two sold all their pre-cut trees the first weekend after Thanksgiving. Wegman also grows trees, giving customers the chance to choose and chop their own. It's fun for families and gives farms a more predictable supply of trees, which take 7 to 10 years to mature. Cut Your Own Trees turned out to be popular, too. We closed as of uh, Sunday. We totally sold out of trees. Back at Folk Farm, Tony and Ann Owens of Easton, Missouri, were enjoying what's become a holiday tradition. I've been coming here 10, 15 years, me and her the last few years. And the Owens aren't unique. Several growers told me they see the same customers year after year. Back when the kids were little, we used to come over here and they used to give us hay rides, you know, on the wagon and give us a saw and we'd go around and the kids would all take a swat at it and get one on the ground, but... It's a good business, Brian and his mom, Barbara Folk, tell me, and the customers are a joy to be around. But the folks only have a handful of seasons left. We've stopped planting any new trees, those little ones over there. Once those little ones over there get big, that's going to be it for us. Growing and trimming Christmas trees is tough, time-consuming work, 10 months a year. That opening weekend is getting to be such a madhouse that I'm getting too old. So I'm kind of counting the days. (laughs) I know that sounds awful, but... Had a good run. It's not over yet. We've got six or seven more years. But when it's 
time it's going to be done. Instead, the farm will focus on the corn and soybeans that make up the bulk of their holdings. Until then, it's full speed ahead. The folks say there's a strong possibility they sell out of trees this weekend. Those still on the hunt for the perfect Yuletide tree would do well to call ahead. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Luke Martin. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read my story about school library book bans and Luke's story about the Folk Farm, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app or leave us a voicemail at 816-235-8930 with your thoughts. On Monday, we'll be looking at the announced departure of Kansas City Police Chief Rick Smith and the latest calls for him to be fired. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Mm